As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. We've had messages ongoing about what happened at Ironman on Sunday. And we all know that that story, there are many chapters left in it. And we won't really know what happened and the timeline of anything for quite some time yet. We only know what we've been told, conflicting statements and all of that. And it is what it is and it'll play out as it plays out. But Tom says to me, there are two debates going on at the moment. One is about whether the race should have happened and who said what to whom. But I want to address the more important debate. Once it was known that one man or two men had died, it should just have been stopped. The fact they carried on, in my mind, is obscene. That's no disrespect to the dead men. Closing down after a death is just decency in any area, not just in sport. Thanks for that, Tom. Well, Lorraine, this whole thing struck a chord with you because this is Lorraine Dempsey You're from Cork. Lorraine living, living in Wicklow. Carl was your husband, a very, very keen sportsman. He died during an event in the west of Ireland, I think it was, uh, Lorraine, in 2021. Good morning. Morning, PJ. Yeah, I suppose the last couple of days have been difficult and I've been reflecting on the loss of Brendan Wall and Ivan Shittenden and kind of, you know, having a sense of what their families are going through right now. My own husband, Carl, was uh, an avid um, participant in adventure racing, gale force events and kind of Wicklow roars. And these would be kind of races that wouldn't have involved swimming. They would have been uh, kind of running, kayaking and mountain biking. He, he wasn't really the best of swimmers, so he preferred these types of adventure races. But they were quite grueling, anywhere from kind of 10, 15 kilometres upwards to 70, 80, 90. So not for uh, anybody who wasn't well prepared. So for him, the pinnacle of the year was actually Gale Force West. Um, which was usually held kind of out kind of Mayo Galway direction um, and he do a huge amount of training for this throughout the year um, you know 70 kilometres like about 35 kilometres cycling then there was a kayaking piece across kind of Killary Harbour which is a magnificent place if you're ever down there um, and then a, a big long run that would usually involve a mountain like uh, the likes of Crow Patrick wow. so not your everyday event but the, he just couldn't wait for this to happen mm. every year. Super fit guy, I take it. Absolutely. While he was, you know, growing older and he was in his late 40s, he was actually never more fit, uh, you know. And like, he, he was, you know, he, in his head, he was going to do the best times ever. And as it turns out, up until the point where he got into difficulties, he was kind of breaking a lot of his own previous 
personal records. So, you know, he headed off on a Friday in September and didn't, unfortunately didn't come back to us. The race was on Saturday, the 11th of September, um, and it was taking place in Connemara and, you know, the most spectacular surroundings. So he left here on Friday. He dropped my youngest to school, who was had just turned six at the time. And um, then he just came in and I was on a work meeting uh, and uh, he just came up behind me, gave me a kiss and I kind of shooed him away. And that was that. So Saturday morning, he would have got up really early, probably around kind of half five, six got all his gear ready for the race and his bike would have been dropped off um, at the centre there in um, Killary Harbour and he was with the Superfit and they were the first to head off in the morning about 7am and by all accounts he was buzzing and uh, you know he had a really good uh, cycle, he was bombing along with the top 10 we now kind of you know we've heard from people that he was complaining along the way of um, just a bit of indigestion Mm -hmm. and he, he was regretting a banana that he'd had early that morning and the next part of the race then they did uh, kayak and that was grand and then the final bit was a mountain run going up and down a mountain uh, overlooking Killary Harbour and we, we've, we've spoken to people who were racing along the way with him and um, as he was going up the mountain he'd started to kind of slow down now for for most people this is a grueling race anyway and for a lot of the participants even though they're really fit it's still a massive physical challenge and a mental one probably even more so but um, he he stopped a couple of times and uh, got up again and just carried on and I just don't think he knew what was actually happening to him He, he just felt queasy and unwell but look the first time he did this race when he was younger he vomited halfway around the course it's just yeah. physically um, challenging um, and at one point uh, a colleague of his actually who worked with him there was a couple of them had been down for the race just saw Carl sitting down and, and he just told him look go on I'll catch up with you and that was probably the last person to to speak with him and the, the next race scores um, to come up over the top of the mountain actually just found him on the ground oh, and um, immediately just uh, at CPR that the first person to see him was actually a healthcare professional yeah. um, and then all those who came up upon him after that also like you know loads of them had first aid or were healthcare professionals um, so look you know you had the best people there at the time but um, you know they kept going but unfortunately he was uh, already gone but um, so sorry to hear know. that so sorry yeah. to hear that so what happened did the race continue no, so, um, you know, when the race scores, I think the Carl, you know, kind of um, collapsed about 20 metres from the crest of the mountain where there was a race official um, there who wouldn't have been able to see him. He would have been out of his sight, but one of the race scores uh, went up, alerted them, and they alerted kind of the, the the managers and they kicked in with their kind of emergency protocols. Um, you know, somebody went back down the mountain to get a defibrillator. They called the emergency services. Um, and uh, actually it was a helicopter that eventually dropped um, kind of the paramedics uh, on the mountain but um, you know and everything happened quite quickly Um, they did stop anybody who was further up the mountain they went over the crest and down towards the finish line Um, and then anybody who hadn't started actually the climb up the mountain they were stopped at that point Mm -hmm. and diverted around the mountain back to the finish line so um, it was only those that were 
higher up that uh, went up and over um, right. and at that stage so those who know, were they, gone beyond the point where where Carl collapsed they were allowed yeah, to finish they, they, they continued on yes. down, yeah, up and over because they were just near the crest of the mountain and the finish line was over the far side um, and at this stage you know people were working away on him you know they, they, they were just doing their very best um, other people stopped to actually help and take over so there was actually quite a few people involved because they did um, you know attempt resuscitation for 45 minutes and anybody who has done this including myself it's exhausting so to keep going for that long you know take the whole team of people um, and at the point in time when kind of emergency services were there then you know they, they kind of um, got them to stand down but um, you know so people were coming up stopping that were kind of you know more than qualified to help um, and everybody else were being kind of moved away from the scene and they would have been just the ones who were already near the top anyway mm-hmm. um, so you know obviously people were kind of told that there was a medical emergency on the mountain and just they were diverted at that mm-hmm. point um, but they Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks. You're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. It didn't kind of, you know, finish the race with times and um, it's only those that were ahead of Carl um, actually got to finish uh, that actually you know got their times uh, yeah. for that year but I don't think there was any celebrations with that yeah I'm so sorry for, for your loss Lorraine and, and that must have been an awful thing to get that news at home yeah it was just you know the Saturday kind of early afternoon and the phone rang and it was um, the, the, the race organiser just look explaining that there was a medical emergency um, it was was cardiac related the helicopter was en route and they had a defibrillator up there and for now that's all that they knew at that point mm. because they they weren't on the mountain they would have been kind of you know at their base my my background originally was nursing so I kind of had uh, I suppose at that point knew that this was extremely serious um, and I just you know started to kind of ring family and, mm. and just get everybody I suppose 
um, activated, I thought, you know, I'm going to need to head out west. Um, we're living, well, we're from Cork originally, both of us, but we're settled in Wicklow. So my first thought was, right, I'm going to need to drive over there. And about kind of, you know, 20 minutes or so later, then one of uh, my husband's good friends who used to race with them every year, he then rang me. And the minute I heard his voice at the phone, I knew that it would be the news that I'd been dreading. Yeah. Turned out afterwards that Carl had a heart condition that you didn't know about. Yes. Um, obviously, there was that, you know, post-mortem was conducted pretty quickly. Carl had no history with GPs bar going for near infection when we lived in London in the 90s. He was never really sick. He had, you know, the occasional cold, but he was fit. I was the one who was kind of overweight, used to smoke and, you know, needed, didn't get out and exercise. But like he ticked all the boxes for being, doing what you needed to do, you know, to kind of prolong your life, if you like. So we had no idea what had happened to him. Look, we knew he, he had a cardiac arrest, but beyond that, we didn't know why. So it was only about six months later that when we did get the report then that we, we did get kind of a shock that he actually had you know, kind of hiding away moderate coronary artery disease. Mm. Um, and this is, isn't something that would happen over years. It would have been, you know, decades in the making. And also that he had a mild heart attack the week before. Mm. Um, and he just didn't recognise no any of the symptoms because he was never unwell. Yeah. He just thought he had pulled a muscle and he took a day off training. Um, so it, last year, which was the first time the Gale Force um, uh, West did their long, their kind of 70 kilometre race again. Um, I was fortunate enough to be given the opportunity to speak to the race participants before they headed off in the morning. Um, you know, and I suppose the key thing that I wanted them to know is actually why he did pass away, that it wasn't, um, you know, this big question mark for them because, look, yeah. these were all fit guys and girls there, you know, it really impacted on all of them psychologically, kind of, you know, they, you know, they all had kids, friends, and families yeah. and, and nobody expected you just leave one day and not come back when you were doing something like this yeah. but uh, so I really wanted them to know that actually you know there there are kind of there was something hidden from him and you know I had yeah. 200 kind of elite athletes there in front of me who all felt that they were kind of you know invis- invincible and, and mm. super fit but I did kind of want them to kind of realize look you know go get checked out you know periodically if you're fit and healthy great but that doesn't mean you shouldn't get screened yeah. or, or just see your GP every year or two and just say hi you know just check my blood pressure cholesterol whatever you know that that was a message I wanted them to have but also peace of mind to know that look you know Carl did you know pass away doing something he absolutely yes. loved um, one of the participants actually sent me a photo from that day, just um, what Carl would have seen on the top of the mountain. And you know, like if you could, if you could pick and choose the way to go, you know, obviously he was way too young to die at forty-seven, but it was, you know, he was at the height of doing what he loved, enjoyment, to do. doing what he loved, and he would have known he was wearing a Garmin watch, and he would have known that he was blasting his time, so he would have been just pushing himself um, you know knowing that this was the best race ever but unfortunately for him it was his last one Lorraine when the news broke Sunday from y'all you from what you're telling me were able to empathise more than most in fact an awful lot more than any of us 
What did you think about the fact that the race, the event, continued on Sunday? To be honest, I was actually very surprised that it did. Um, and that's without seeing any kind of videos of the conditions or anything. Um, I think it's one thing to carry on the race while somebody's being attended to. But once you know that there's been like one fatality, and in this case, which is extremely rare, multiple fatalities, at that point, I think out of uh, not just respect for the, the families and the individuals who have passed away, but also even from a safety point where you have so many first responders and rescue teams involved in looking after two people. Um, just for me personally, it, it, it would it left a bad taste in my mouth. I think it would be good just for people to know, particularly your Cork listeners, that there is a candlelit vigil in Yall at 7pm tonight in Green Park. And right. things like that are so meaningful for the families, even though they might be here. Because, you know, with Brendan and I, and a lot, you know, they'd be living abroad. But, you know, I know for, you know, myself and, and Carl's family that our own community here um, in, in Kilmechanic and Wicklow, um, you know, they've, they've kind of commemorated Carl's life and even though he was a Cork man and we were only living here a few years they, they've still continued to commemorate him um, so his second anniversary is coming up in on the 11th of September and uh, the local GA club want to bring the kids um, my youngest who's eight now is on the local GA club teams and you know they propose kind of walking up our local mountain with the kids you know it's a it's a reasonable walk for them just because the training falls on that day and I was so what a lovely gesture you know yeah, the indeed. fact that they remembered his anniversary as well so you know I just urge people to if, if they're around the area to attend the candlelit vigil because okay. I think even if images are sent back to the families you know it just shows that people care um, and that they valued the, the lives of Brendan and Ivan and they you know they were doing something that they loved. I think for them not to be forgotten in all of this. That's that's an important point, Lorraine. And I wanted to get to it before we finish. The discussion is ongoing. We'll continue for some time. But at the heart of this are Brendan's family and Ivan's family. You know what it's like to be that family. And I think you're asking us, think of the families first. Think of the families and remember Brendan and Ivan. Um, they didn't know them, but anybody who gets involved in these kinds of activities are hugely passionate about them. You know, they said goodbye to their families and neither of those men ever imagined that they wouldn't be coming home alive. All right. Lorraine, my thoughts are with you today and thanks. Thanks, PJ. Yeah, that event is tonight in uh, Green Park, y'all. It's a vigil for Brendan and Ivan. Uh, 7 o'clock, Green Park and y'all, you're asked to please bring a candle or a torch. And I think Brendan's funeral is actually on on today. So we think of them. Corks 96 FM.